This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so this is, um, you know, it, it, there's a, a sort of uh, a tug of war between speaking in chronological order or speaking geographical order. Um, we should have spoken about this in the very beginning, if we're going chronological order, um, but since we're associating with geography, this comes now with Krakow Lublin. And it is the early Tkufa of Yiddishkeit in, um, in Poland. Now, let's, let's, if we sketch in our minds where, where the Torah and, Jew, and Jewish centers were, we have France, Germany, then we have Spain. We then, with the Spanish expulsion, you have a, a thriving center in Etzestrol in the 1500s, in Sfas, and you have Poland. Um, the, the, you know, there's a lot of bits and pieces here and there. There was a person, a Rav, a Jew, who came to Poland before the 1500s, but there's not much of it. It certainly wasn't a vibrant community, and we don't know much about it. It's, it doesn't have any significance in Jewish history. Starting with 1490s, at the end of 1490, 1500s, and 1600s, Tultach Poland becomes the major center of Yiddishkeit Torah, a, a parallel with Eretz Yisrael and, and, and Sfas, which was more Mekubalim and so on. So I want to speak about some of the people who were the major figures and and they also, there are two or three developments, interesting, um, I guess, uh, developments in terms of what will become the Iker and the Tuffel in terms of Yiddishkeit, Torah, and so on. The first great person, we were by his cave yesterday, the great Hamid Chacham, who came to, uh, to, to, to Poland, was named Rabbi Yaakov Polak or Koppelman, and he was born in 1495, and he makes his appearance as a yeshiva in Lublin, and is considered the father of Polish um, uh, Torah. His close Talmud was a Shalom Shachna of Lublin, um, who had yeshiva after him, and a Shalom Shachna is um, also considered to be sort of the father of Torah in Poland. Now. These, these Rabbanim have some unique features. Um, Reb Palak, Rabbi Yaakov Palak is has become known for being the father of Pilpul that has been rejected. Um, fairly or unfairly so, he's considered the father or the, or the chief, not father as much as expositor, of the Derech HaPilpul that is rejected widely by other later achronim and has has come out of out of has become discredited kind of. Now it's not easy to understand what that pilpul is. It came from Germany, and you will find occasion in Marshal or Marshal they'll mention something about Alderich Regensburg. Um, there were two or three schools of pilpul, which made learning excruciatingly complex. And to modern ears, it sounds just kind of mind-numbing, twisting. It included two, I, I, it's hard to get a hold of it because there's not much written about it. There's not much written of it, it's written about it, but it's not. The, the pilpul that was ejected that they call pilpulum shalhevel and so on, is first of all, they, they, they made assumptions that every step of the Gemara knew every other step of the Gemara. So every time Maria Sakasha gives a teret, you have to explain how they understood everything else, which takes a simple sugya, which seems to be a progression of the Gemara does not yet know this, the Gemara does not yet know this, the Gemara does not yet know this, um, to an understanding that every kasha had a whole different way of learning the sugya. It's mind-boggling to think of how complicated it makes it. That's one element in, in this type of pilpul. The other element is that um, they made assumptions where the assumptions themselves um, didn't seem to be reasonable to any degree. 
In other words, there's a certain assumption that if a person, if a person, um, we learn a Gemara and you say, maybe this is Pshat. So there's a certain assumption that possibly it, it makes sense, it's sensible in the words, um, it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a sensible approach. They didn't, they had no, that wasn't the direction they went. They, they would say, if this suit is going like this person, we can answer the question this way, that way, the other way, even if the assumption you made is not reasonable on its own. So you, so, so you, you would have complicated cheshbonos that don't make, I mean, so you're trying to tell me, is this why? I don't know, but if you say like this, like this, like this, this will be answered. So, so you weren't dealing with anything rational or logical, you were dealing with just things that added up to something or other. Those pilpulim were extraordinarily complex. You needed to know a lot, and you needed to, 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 to keep track of a thousand bits and pieces. And it was something that people that were very, very smart used as a, a sort of a show-off. Like, I can tell you 25 different things to put it together and, 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 and make your head spin. But there was increasingly a sense that that's not right. It's attributed to Rabbi Yaakov Pollock. Nobody, nobody um, knows for sure. Um, it came from Germany and filtered in. Um, and it became, so all the early Akron, like the Masha, the Masha's questions are direct. His answers are direct. They make sense as they are. My show was quite a bit later, um, like two generations later. That, that's something which which is which which became known as a, a emistic pilpul. You ask a question that is strong, you give an answer that makes a lot of sense in its own right, and answers the question. The answer to my show does not require 25 complicated steps. He doesn't he doesn't make assumptions about the sugi should have held this over here, should have held this over there, should have held this over there. He, it's very direct. Very straightforward and so on. So yes. We don't have any Nachminas Lamaisa from the Regensburg Billboard. No, no. Yes. Those, those, it, 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 we don't have much. I've seen once or twice snippets of it. it, it it's 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 mind-boggling. It doesn't seem to have an end. It's it's like if you're using that approach, you can keep going forever. It doesn't have any closure. That that's what it seems. Again, we don't know. They did, now they did not write many svarim. These people because um, it's it's the long complicated, always in flux, and they're, they're, we don't have any sperm that have that type. We have here and there a snippet and a quote, and th just the assumption of what you hear, it seems to be that way. So they brought that into Poland. The, it was changed after Pshom Shachna, or maybe Pshom Shachna himself, it changes dramatically, and then you have like the Marshal, then you later, later you have the, the Marshal, the Ramah and all of them, where, where learning becomes very direct, straightforward, and so on. That was one change that happened in Poland, in the Poland Torah centers, and so on. A second issue that was resolved by just the way your people accepted it was what's the right approach to writing halachas for him on, on, in, in halacha. We have two approaches in how to write halachas for him. We have the Rif and the Rosh who wrote um, on the Gemara itself a, a condensed version. To Paskin from the Rif of the Rush, you have to know which Mesechta you're in, you have to know where to put together different Mesechtas, and it allowed, the structure of it allowed for using your own Shikladas. You then have Sfarim like the Tur, who, um, who, who uh, the Rambam was first, then the Tur, and Shoharach, obviously, who have a very, very, um, they, they, their work, A, is not an order of the Gemara, it's a logical structure of halacha, and the psukim they give, especially Shoharach, is A, one, two, three, four, five, sifim, simonim, and so on. And it's sort of authoritative. Um, when you say the riff says here and here this, you're putting forth an argument. When you say the Shoharach says this and this, you're basically saying something that is something that is definitive. Shoharach says this, no room for machlokas. Which is the right mahalach? So Shalom Shachna had a, a rival, the Marshal. 
the Marshal was a rival of his in many ways, and the Marshal did not like the Shochoaruch style, did not like the Ramah style. He said halacha should be passed in from the sugya by the Rabbanim. Reb Shalom Shacht himself writes, I do not want to write a sefer because I don't want to become a posek. I don't want to become a posek. If people, should, a rav should pass in from the sugya with the Rishonim, uses judgment on every single case. It's wrong to have somebody today write up halachas as they are. So he wrote a sefer called Yamshel Shlomo. Yamshel Shlomo is a, a, an involved pirush halacha on the sugyas. It, it goes with the order of Mesechtis. And, and, and he's sort of working out things like halacha, but it's in the order of Mesechtis and so on. And he was hoping that that would become the, 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 the psak. And, and, and the marshal for the longest of times actually was a sefer for long, for long for a period of time, was a sefer that had equal standing in halacha with the Mechab and Ramah. The, 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 the Marshal writes strongly against the Beis Yosef for the Shacharuch. He says, this is not, this is against the Masorah. Shacharuch is against the Masorah. We never had. Since when does somebody come along and write something, this is the halacha. There's a, the last thing we have is the Talmud Bavli. We have a Farshim on Talmud Bavli, but what that's it. What about the Rambam? Does he, does he say? Interesting. I don't know. I, I, I don't know offhand. But but Al Kaponim, um, he, he was very very um, upset well, with it. Against Rambam also, right? 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 He writes in the Zakdama, correct? Correct? He knocks the Rambam. He doesn't like the 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 the, the that type that type that type of of approach where you're giving the halacha to people. That's wrong. Um, it obviously it faded away. That became what Klal Yisrael picked was um, the Derech Halimu, the Derech Hapsak and Halacha of the Shofaruch and 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 uh, and the Ramah. The um, the Ramah himself was a Talmud from Shachna and also a uh, son-in-law. The Ramah, interestingly enough, um, Reb Shalom Shachna says I don't want to write Sfarim because I don't want it to become uh, a Halacha Sefer. The Ramah wanted to write a Shacharach, and Beis Yosef beat him to it, and, the Beis Yosef, and, and therefore he decided he's just going to add a supplement to the, to the Shacharach instead of a Shacharach. Obviously, there was no point to it. He, the Beis Yosef beat him twice. He wanted to write a, a, a big addendum to the tour, um, the Dark Moshe, and the Beis Yosef beat him to it. And therefore, he wrote Dark Yemoshe, but he, he shortened it tremendously. And he wanted to write a Shacharach, but he also beat him to it, and he wrote uh, the Haggaz on it. The, 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 um, the, Ramah, the Ramah's um, Haggaz on the Shacharach took on two Mikoros. One, the, 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 um, the, the, the Beis Yosef's general method of Psak was to take the Rambam Shita, the Rosh Shita, and the Rif Shita, and two against one, whoever, it, it, whatever two Shitas, override the one. The problem with that was two of them are Sephardim, and one is Ashkenazi, so the Sephardim always won two to one. Um, so the tour, the, the, the um, tour was the Rosh's son. Now, since Ashkenaz went a lot more with the Psakim of Gidole Ashkenaz, so what the Ramad did was he took the Balitosvis and the Rush and gave them primary importance to, um, to, to Psak, and therefore he counterbalanced wherever the, the Minhag Ashkenaz based on Tosvis and the um, and the rush and so on, that became that became his additions to it. That's one of his mikoros of additions. There's another makor which is very strange. There are a lot of minhagim in Ashkenaz that don't have a makor in Shas. Um, Rabbi Avram Kloisner, the Maril, 
who was the the the, the sort of the the the, the Sefer Minhagim. There were a lot of Sefer Minhagim put out in Ashkenaz that were um, that the mucker is very unclear. This is how we do it here, based on what. Sometimes it's just not mentioned in the Gemara, and sometimes it, it, I mean it it. it it's just kind of a, a maybe even the opposite of a Gemara. Like, for instance, Duchening. The Gemara, you're supposed to Duchen every day. And the Minagashta is not to Duchen. Where does the Minhag, how do, when does a Minagashta that have a power to overcome a Sukya? If you look at the Goyen's Pirush in Shoharach, a lot of times it seems to favor the, the Mechaber over Ramah when it's a Gemara against a Minagba and everybody speaks about why the Goyen want to go to Eretz Yisrael. The only thing the Goyen ever mentions is, I, he says, it's, I want, he says about going to Eretz Yisrael, Ubalvad, to become Potter from Minhagi Poland. In other words, he does not like these Minhagim. He, he says, this is Kenegad Gemaras. Where, where does a Minhag that have a right to come? The Ramah um, got all of his Minhagim. Um, from there. Now, just one more case about the Ramah I'd like to add. The Ramah's Hagos are very ambiguous. There are a lot of times very hard to figure out what he wants exactly, what is he going on, and what does he mean. Um, the Sefer to refer to is Akimosh, obviously, where he usually um, brings Barichos, whereas Mikorosa, a lot of times to learn Pshat Ramah, you need to go back to Akimosh, which is his Pirush on the tour, or, or not Pirush as much as Addendum. At any rate, so you have the, the Marshal and Rabshal Shachnas Yeshiva. The Marshal was, was a giant. He did not, he seemed to be someone who, who fought with a lot of people. He's a big Hanoi. And, and he, first of all, he, he feels that he's being undercut by other Yeshivas. He, he writes very sharp Lashonos on a lot of Rishonim when he feels they're wrong in Pshat. Um, there's, there's a list somebody has against with all the places where he speaks very strongly against a lot of different shonim. The Rambam, like like Yechiel mentioned before, he, 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 he does not show favor to anybody. He's a big kanoi and he writes against mixed dancing in his times and he writes very sharp Lashonos. And again, for those people who say it never was before, I and Marshall and, 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 you know, and, and, and you'll see. The Marshall also had felt that a lot of times the Gersos were off. We have to understand something. Gersos in those days were not great. And a lot of times things that were very difficult to understand should not be answered with a Teretz. It's just the Gersos off. The Marshal was Magia lot. Um, and in his Chach Meshlomo, in Unbackrimur, a lot of it are those Hakos. The printers, what they did was they took a lot of it, put it into the Gemara. Any one of his Hagos, they put in the Gemara, they left out from the from from the back. It's a they 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 made a big mess out of it because now we don't know which what went. But but his hagos were very very popular and so on. The it, so so we have this developing group of um, Talmidei Chachamim and yeshivas in Poland centered around big people like Absalom Shachna, like the Marshal, like the Ramah, and so on. It moves to Krakow. It becomes the big center, but but they have all of these yeshivas in those days, uh, not not the size of, of the yeshivas today, but they have these yeshivas, and and you have all the major poskim come from there, all of the all of Nosek Kalem, the Bach, the obviously not the Bach, the Sma, the Drisha Prisha was the Sma, same same one. Um, you have the Chalkas Mechokek later. You have the, the Beit Shmuel later, you have the, the, the Shach later, much later, but between 1500 to 1650, you know, plus minus, is when you have all the people who sit around the, the, the Shulchan Aruch and the Tur, that's the period of time they come from, and that's where, where they come from. They're all from Poland, which was quite large at the time, um, you know, and, and it, it became the place where that became finalized. The Marami Lublin, 
um, and his pirush on on the Gemara, which is Adar Hapshat, it basically fulfills the role of wherever there are obvious issues to, to say Adar Hapshat. Maharamu Lublin was also very sharp, and he fought with the Sman a lot of issues. And you have a lot of very, very sharp Lashonos, a lot of very sharp Chuvis written. Um, it, it seemed as if in those days the risk of the rice was really hot. People really, really um, were very strong about it. Besides the, 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 besides becoming the pillars of halacha forever, and the pillars, the mashod, the maram, and the, the marshal, are your three ikamifarshim in the Gemara. I used to have a Rebbe Rebbe Tendler, he used to call them the boyas in the back. Like he said, you have to look at the boyas in the back. The, 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 that was his description of, of the, of the maram, marshod, and so on. And he, um, that, that was it. There was another phenomenon that grew up around the fact that you had so many Rabbanim coming from a common um, heritage and a country that was so well-developed and so big. And that was Vat, Dalarotzes, Heirotzes, Gimlarotzes, depending on how you counted the lands and, what, and, and so on and so forth. This was a pan-Polish Kehillah structure, which was like a superstructure of Kehillah. Now, it was a lot more complicated than people imagined. They had lay leadership and they had rabbinic leadership. Um, the, the, they had a bunch, every, they, they would get together at every fair in Lublin. Lublin was the big city. They used to have a fair at least twice a year. It would be Lublin sometimes, Jerusalem sometimes. And they would come for weeks at a time, and they would make policy in the following areas. Area number one, the government in those days did not have a well-developed IRS agency. That's not, they, they, they weren't good. As a matter of fact, a lot of Jews didn't register because they knew registration equals taxes, don't register, no taxes. Very simple, and that's why a lot of the census counts are off. Because people were smart enough to say, I'll just, I'll just keep my mouth shut and they won't know about me. I don't want to know about the Tsar, the Tsar doesn't want to know about me. You know, it's like, uh, it wasn't the one of Tsar, but you know. The... So the Polish had a different approach. They said, Rabbi Isai, we don't know how many Jews there are, what they are, what they do. But you three Jews, heads of Polish jury, are responsible for a hundred million dollars. How you've come up with it is your business. Sell mafta, sell shishi, whatever you want to do, do. But this is how the money is collected. So it, the government vis-a-vis -vis the, the community, it was a very, very, um, it, it was a very easy way to kind of negotiate with them. So the first thing about Adalaratzis was to translate the king's demands into communal responsibilities. So they would get together and, and the Lublina Rosh killer would tell the, 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 the cracker Rosh killer, well, we've been having a terrible, terrible recession by us. Everybody's poor. We can only pay 5% of it. And they would argue about it and they would settle it. That was one area that was important. Two, Stadlones, lobbying. The government was always busy making Xeris and the Jews were always busy um, appealing to Xeris. It costed money usually. These appeals were expensive in those days. They, 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 um, and therefore, they needed to appoint. And they would say, does this is Xera? Yankel and Chaim, you go, and whatever it takes, let's, you know, you have to be Mishtadl. They would, they would centralize Shtadlanis and make it much more effective. The um, third area was Dintairis. There were a lot of, lot of Dintairis. And the most, the most uh, common type of Dintairis was, was Hasagas Gevul. Let's understand this. Parnassa was difficult. The Jews were not farmers, either they didn't let them, or, 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 or farming was a terrible life, or you had to be a serf, depending on where, when. Um, small businessmen and and um, you know and, and kind of craftsmen there were guilds sometimes they welcomed Jews the guilds excluded the Jews the the most the most common Jewish occupation was 
management. And management worked by leasing. And you look in Halacha, Yeshiva's farm, it's called an arenda. So a guy, a, the nobleman would call in his Moshka and say, Moshka, for $10,000, you are in charge of Western Ukraine, um, Uman, whatever it is. And you're responsible for collecting the taxes, make sure everything gets, gets done, and you, can, you keep those taxes. So it was, it was a franchise. Now, um, that was a very wonderful Parnassa because it meant you had a monopoly. Um, the Zal, as, uh, the, the Pirates, as long as you brought money in, didn't care less. He sat in Poland, drinking most of the time. You sat in Ukraine running something, or in, in, in Poland, he would, he would he, he, in those days, the, the Pirates owned the town. He was the de facto owner. So, so he would say, Yankel, I want you to run the bar and I expect to get at least a thousand dollars a month out of it and anything else you keep and so on. That was the arrangements that they had. Now, since this Parnassus was one of the only Parnassus and it was very lucrative, so people would try to cut somebody else out. They would come to the pirates and say, we're pirates. It hurts me to speak about a fellow Jew, but I could give you twice as much as this guy. Or, you know, they, they would somehow cut each other. And this was the bulk of a lot of Dintairis about the arenda, about the rights. And he, he was there first. Now the parts wants to get rid of him. Can somebody else step in and take it over? Those were Dintairis that were very settled. There was other things also, and I'm going to read something. Um, they would also make Takanis as regards Sneas as regard luxury. Every time there would be a little pogrom or something, they would say that, you know what, um, it's terrible, there's too much, people are spending too much money for weddings, fancy gowns, a lot of jewelry. They used to make that kindness, not to make this type one, not the other. There was another very interesting um, takana that they made, which the, which the, which the um, the morale brings in one of his farm. There was a terrible, a terrible uh, phenomena. Somebody got angry at somebody else. Two families got into a fight. And one family started a whispering campaign that the other family has a mamza in that family. We know for sure there's a mamza. It was called Nadler. I'm not sure whether Nadler was the name of the family or somewhere along the line. And it was terrible because you basically killed the family. So nobody wanted to have any to do with any of the family. Like even if you didn't believe it, you said, well, why, why do I need to get into it? The Rabbanim put out the following cherem. They put out a cherem that anyone who calls him as Nadler, they, they would take his money away, they would, they would give him Malkus and so on and so forth. The, um, the, the, the morale brings in a Siva Lashen. If let's say a person decides to be one of those people who call the other people Nadler, so his his tshuva is he needs to go three places. And he needs to ask them to help him do tshuva. They're going to be placing on him Malkus, 40 Malkus. They'll do it on the fair day, publicly. And then they will tell him how much money he has to pay the families. But this was that un uncommon. They would, they would give corporal punishment. They would impose sanctions. They were strong enough. And the communal structure was strong enough. You had no choice. You couldn't disappear. You had to live somewhere and something, and it was they were very, very powerful actually. What capital punishment only for Mysa, only for Mysa, they actually used capital punishment. They did what now. Another another description is this is from Yvain Amitsula, we'll speak about it in a minute. The Koach Lishpot Kol Yisrael Malchus Poland, they could judge, they had the right to judge. Um, anybody in in in, um, in in Poland, in Russia, Kihilas Mizdain, Hold Don Fe Pinosim, the Hey Arotsis, 
if any communities had cases against each other, they would go to this forum. They were twice a year. Every community sent one leader, lay leader, and they and together they had six rabbanim with them. They would sit from Purim to Pesach at the at the fair in Lublin. And this, this leadership was like the Sanhedrin in the Liskus Agazas. Um, another, the Lavush was the first Rav of this group. Another very interesting, another very interesting phenomena was they banned selling Rabbanis for money. And this was the following phenomena. A community would want to take a Rav. Communities were poor. They always were poor. And there would be a choice between Talmud Chacham A and Talmud Chacham B. <coughs> now, Talmud Chacham A demanded a salary of X per year. Talmud Chacham B said, I will cover all of your expenses. Talmud Chacham B was a son-in-law of a wealthy businessman. He wanted a stella for him. And he said, it's a win-win situation. My son-in-law is a phenomenal Talmud Chacham, not just the other person. Plus, he comes with cash. Now, it may have been true at any particular time, but it's a recipe for disaster. I want to add a story that very few people know. Why was the Vilna going? This is later. This is the Vilna going in the 1700s. Why was he in jail? Everyone knows he was put in jail. So everybody thinks that something to do with Avram Ben Aguirre. It had nothing to do with that. The, Vilna, the, the Rabbanis in Vilna had been sold for money. To, and, and the Rav they had was a decent chap. He, he offered to pay up all the debts of the community plus 20 years worth of, of whatever it was. Once he was rough, people began to have tainus to him. And, and in the Machlokas, the Goyen got caught up and they arrested him. But that was part of it. It, it, it was a terrible situation where it was very tempting. You, you get a rough um, and money. So, you know, So, you know, so, so and this, but this was, a, a, this was a, 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 it led to corruption. And it had nothing to do with Chabad. <laughs> um, and and Lamaisa, so, so, so they made, they banned that. The, um, it, it signed off on it, by the way, is the Lavush, the Kliyaka, the Masha, the Shalah, the Marami Lublin, and the Sma. They all signed off on this, on this, uh, you know, uh, Takana. They also imposed head taxes, and they saw that that wasn't working. So, because again, it's very easy in those days. There wasn't accurate census. So, what they did was they made sales tax. It was called the corruptka. You want to buy kosher meat? Tax. You want to buy candles? Tax. The problem was it was very unpopular. It, it generated a lot of hatred and so on. So, the vad, but the, this vada rutzes was the only prototype that we had of, of, of a pan-communal leadership that you don't really have, not before, not after. Um, you, you, it, it, it's something that was possible because it was a very, very self-contained place. Um, it was under one you know, uh, government and, and, and they were all together. The, um, it, this, they also, for instance, when there was a tragedy, Somebody was caught, captured. A, a, a lot of times, they would, somebody would be caught and be sold off, or threatened to be sold off as a slave, that they raise money for Pidyan Shavuyim. They were very active in deciding how much money, how to get, and so on. So you had this Vad Arotzis that's a, a, a unique phenomenon in, in, in Jewish history. Lamaise, the, the, one of the last things they ever did was in the fight between Rabbi Yonis and Ibeshitz and Rabbi Yaakov Emden, in 1753, they declared Rabbi Yonis and Ibeshitz innocent of the charges that Rabbi Yaakov Emden had loved against him. Um, Lemaisa, that was probably the last big thing. In 1764, the government put an end to it. The reason was they decided they'll do a better job collecting taxes straightforward. They also, you have to understand, in, in the 1500s, government was loose. The sense of, of being a nationality with a, with a central government was loose. So this was an arrangement where you could have 
you know, as sort of a, a, an effective taxation, and they didn't care about the fact that the Jews were a dependent unit. As in the 1700s, as the idea of being a nation and became more and more important to government, the concept of government became closer to what we understand it today. The idea that there's a group with its own government, own justice system, own tax collection, all of that, the executive powers that they had, legislative powers, was really something the government was, was very, 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 um, on, you know, is, is not in favor of, and they abolished it. But for about 200 years, we had the closest to a, a, a Jewish type of a Torah government, which, which was, very, was, was quite effective because of the fact that they had all of this power. Um, I mean, going forward, just I, I just trying to compare it. When people speak about something like today, having something like a good, uh, you know, as a vision, it's so different. They had real power. I mean, the communities were so tight, and the, 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 the being ostracized in community meant that you were going to uh, to the midbar to live. You you couldn't live in a Jewish village. The guy didn't want you. You couldn't get into any business. You couldn't do any job. So the sanctions had a lot of teeth to them. And, 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 and communal opprobrium really was something zero. You can't, today the world is so big, so diverse. You know, you, you get kicked out of one community, go to another community. You know, is, there's no sense of that. You can't impose sanctions on it. You can't do anything today. And therefore the idea of having actors that way is very hard. There's another problem. Um, in, 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 in Poland, they all came from common yeshiva. They all had a heritage, a common heritage. They were more or less similar. So, th so they could agree on basic things. But when you have a community that you want to consist of, from the extreme right to extreme left, to extreme middle to extreme this, you see that, what's the common denominator? As you become more diverse, the common denominator becomes less and less. And that's why when people compare it to that, they make a mistake. I don't think it's, it's, it was unique. It shows what concentration power can accomplish, but, but, but it's not applicable because not, neither the fact that they have a common head. So what, you know, they, they all were the same, more or less. It was just a question of an opinion on a particular case. So everybody was in agreement about what Yiddishkeit should look like. But when, when you disagree on should people be, go to college or should people wear strimals, so, so what are you going to come up with in terms of, of a common denominator? If you have zero ability to impose any sanctions and you can't put any teeth into, into, into your psakim, then, then it's really, you know, it's, it's, uh, you don't have ability to do anything. You know, monarchy, authority, um, a, a power are, are the essence of, of, of having a, a united nation. Actus if of a nation does not come by holding hands and and singing, you know, It's beautiful. It makes good videos, but it doesn't make a, an effective uh, a power. It, it, the, the reason why it worked was for those reasons: a, a very, very common heritage and and sense of what should be, and and real power to impose to impose sanctions. What? Correct, correct. It, it does. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Just you know, off I go somewhere else. Who's going to be accountable? 100%. It's, it, it, as I was saying, there wasn't anywhere a person in Poland could go to. So, so you stayed there, and that was it. I mean, the Isser of Arkais, is that totally on? What? The, the Isser of going to Arkais, yeah. is that totally on whether or not the Jewish body didn't have any uh, authority? No. A, a Bezdin will give you. Talach is supposed to go to Bezin to be, be misdayan. What will happen is if the Bezin feels that it's not being listened to or that the person will not listen, they will give you a hetter. They, they have to give you a hetter to go to a court. And it's complicated. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's complicated because by the time you finish the process of the Bezin deciding that the guy's not going to listen, the money is long in his pocket. So, and he has another Bezin. And he always has another Bezin. Same thing. He has another Should Bezin. So based on the fact that the Bezdin can't enforce today, I mean, as long as Bezdin were 
the halacha is the halacha is we assume all yidna from erlach yidin. They'll go to a bezdin, bezdin will decide. They'll listen. That assumption is a difficult assumption. It's it doesn't not borne out the mitzvahs. Only if they agreed, it, they will uphold it if they both agreed as arbitration, and you did it in a way that meets basic standards of arbitration. They always have the right of appeal. You cannot, you can't deny someone the right to go to court. But but if you agree to arbitration, then then you then um, the court's power is a review that it had be done by by by, by some standards. So Al Kapanim, the um, it's, it's it's so this kufa is really the, the Poland, that Poland, until until Tachvetat was basically was the Poland that gave us our halachic heritage. The the main osekelim in halacha is from there. The main parshanim of pshat is from there. The the the, the sense of what community can do is also from there. Those are. Um, Really, the, the the key points that we have from that kufa of, of Polish jury. It's incredible kufa. It's um, hard to see that it could ever come back again in, in that way. What? The Rebbe of Heschel was was not a Siddish Rebbe. He was the, the Rebbe of the Shach. He was a Talmud. I think Rabbi Shlom Shach. Then that that kufa and and. Um, the, 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 I'll tell you this, like the date for Reverend Heschel was born in 1595. His Talmudim was the Shach, the Taz, and the Beishmul. Um, he was considered a Goyen Olam. Um, and, and now there was, there was a, there's, let, let me just add one more. We're going to see his caver. There was, now, another, another, another phenomena that, that happened in that Kufa was as follows. Um, Sephardic Jewry was very into philosophy. So even the Ramban, a Pirish on Agoda, on Chumash, on, on, on Hashkafa, Agoda, whatever you want to call it, Ramban is, 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 is a giant. Duraj Barota Seifan Agadata. You have the Ikrim and, 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 and the Akeda and the Barbanel. Sephardi Jewry was very, very into um, philosophy, whatever, whatever shade of philosophy, you don't have any of those types of works coming from Poland. Um, Ashkenazi Jews were not into it. The Mashor writes a pirush on Agathas. It's it's a, it's a, it's much more straightforward pirush. The the the, the Rama wrote a Sefer Torah Ola, which explains um, the Beis Hamikdash and Karbanis Al Derech um, Remes. To Inyanim, but Lamaisa, and um, you don't have any works of philosophy. You do have um, a, 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 a prototype of Kabbalah, a type of Kabbalah sefer called Megala Amukos. Megala Amukos was also an Atkufa, he was a Goyen Olam. Um, the Megala Amukos, the, the Svarim we have from him. One is a thousand pirushim on the, he started, a thousand pirushim on the small aleph of Ayikra. Um, and and uh, two, it, it, 259 of I think. 259s of explaining the first passing of Hanan. And he was going to do a thousand, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, I, I don't remember if he had a dream or it says he ended up with 259 Kiminyan Ravlecha. I'll toss it. The, 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 the. And his svarim are, they're very bekitza. It's, it's like some of it is mind boggling. The, the tzushtels, but it's very hard to, to, to flesh it out. It's like all tzushtels. You know, it's run on tzushtels. So people take from the safer a lot. You know, the, 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 the Dineva took a lot from it, but, but it's not a safe you can sit and learn. Uh, you know, in any one, I mean, maybe there are people that can learn it, but it, it's, it's more like, he goes by Indian Indian, and his tzushtals are incredibly, you know, like, uh, wow, this is, can I this? And you say, well, that's astounding. But if you guess, so what does he say? I don't know, but I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can, I can get the tzushtals and, and use that. Dinov explains it a lot and so on. But, don't, don't, but, but you did not have that type of, you had actually a machlokas, the Ramah, 
who was a cousin and, and, and a contemporary of the Marshal, in the Chubis Ramah, you have a very sharp exchange with the Marshal. The Ramah Paskin Hilchestrafus by quoting Aristotle. So Aristotle was considered to be a biologist. I mean, most of Aristotle's books were science, quote unquote, in those days. Uh, if science philosophy was one in those days, so, so his books had a lot of um, scientific facts, so to speak. And he quotes Aristotle as a riot or something. The Marshal blessed him. It's printed in And he says, first of all, how do you learn Aristotle? Why, why would you want to learn Aristotle and so on and so forth? And secondly, instead of learning that, if you'd learn Dikduk, it'd be a lot better because your writings are full of mistakes. In Dikduk, it's a Russian. And, and the Ramah answers, Ramah was much milder. And he says, you know, I learned it only like a Kroy, Shabbos afternoon, when, when, you know, most, most people are not doing much anyway, and so on. And, 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 and the Ramah writes in a place that philosophy and a Kabbalah are two different languages to express the same ideas. It's very interesting. He writes that drama. But, but I'll go upon him, that's the, we don't have that in, in, in the Polish jury did not produce, the Torah Polish jury, that Kufa, um, did not produce that type of philosophy that, that the Spanish jury had, had produced. It's a different country, different Kufa, different temperament. I don't know. I don't have any... Uh, Ramah was Polish. He was a Talmud Shalom Shachna and his son-in-law in the 1500s. But um, so he was somewhat. Torah Saola is some. Is also Torah Saola is most of the safer is um, sort of just saying this was connected this, this was connected that to show you this. It's not a heavy philosophical work, and which is thing nobody knows. If you ask people, they they Torah Sachatas and Isavet, everybody knows Torah Saola. People would very few people know about that exists. It wasn't. I found out that some of the Chubas Ramah were written when he was 20. I asked myself, is that, are that we are we're It's relying, okay. He got smich at 13. No, he, 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 totally relying on that? We're totally, it's like part of our... He, di he died when he was 40-something. He died when he was 40-something. It, it, it should make us feel, it should make us feel... Wasn't the shock written when he was 24? A lot of these farm people, people in those days, um, age very quickly, and and um, and this is you know people died young. Durham Howell lived uh, in his thirties, and and look at what he accomplished. You know, Rizal. Rizal. what? The Rizal. Yeah. How much you had to know? And how old were they? They were kids. Yes, good, good part. Yesterday we saw that the Georgia Blatt Alpha. Back hundred years. I don't know, I'm not sure, but I, but, uh, I don't What do you mean? So the morale was an anomaly. He wasn't, he wasn't in Bohemia. He was in, 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 um, in, in, uh, uh, what's Czechoslovakia today? What's Czech, Czech today? And so he was, yes, that was, Bohemia was a different Malchus. Malchus Bim was, was somewhere else. But you're right, he's, he's unusual. The Lavush has a commentary on Rashi and uh, a commentary on Bikabala, but a very different flavor, not, not, the, not dealing with sweeping, no safer dealt with sweeping issues of, of Hashkafa and so on. It was a, no, I don't know, it, 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 was, it was a different world. I don't know. It seemed to be unique to Chzayashka. I'm not aware. I, I don't know if the Megala Mukas had charged it or not. I don't know. The... Going back to the Marshal, the, yes. uh, he did not like, he did not like, he did not like that someone writes a Sefer like that, indicating that you can just pass like that. How is a Yidu is not a Rav supposed to know the Allah? Ask his rabbi. Ask, ask, ask his local rabbi. What bracha to say on this is supposed to go to his rabbi? Maybe, 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 this is a simple question. It was an invention. The rabbi was the first one. For a thousand years, that's how it was. Yeah. Or else he's always like that. Right? But they had a base of what they knew. They knew certain things over time. The difference is they learned it. When the Gemara so grew up in the house, you, either you, you either know what the Gemara, you know nothing. You say today, but they say that the Gemara was made for you, so you was uh -huh. But you know, I, 
you know, was the general thing. You grew up in a house, and you learned basically on you saw what your father did. That's how you got the basic. You know, knowledge. the day-to-day -day stuff you you picked up, and then you. They also, it's very interesting, because of, I don't know if it had to do with the Vadal Arotzes, there's a sefer on the Xeris Tachvetat called Yevena Mitsula, where he describes life in Poland before. And he said all the yeshivas would learn a common mesechta, they would have, uh, they would, a half as man, they'd be learning the Gemara, then they'd be learning Paisik, and, and then they would, the, the, the Rosh Hashim would stop saying Shurim. It, it's, it's very interesting, there was sort of a common structure to all the yeshivas um, in, in, in Poland. I don't know if it was a result of it. I don't know if it came from the bottom up, the top down, the fact that they came from a Kamimoka, but the, he describes it at great length, um, what it was like. There seemed to be some sort of uh, um, structure, or, or overarching structure for the yeshivas. Yeah. Well, they imposed, the Rabbanim all imposed terrible sanctions on anyone that would, that would, that would say about it, the other family, that they're Mamzerim. Unclear. It, 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 it's referred to in Halacha and in Sfarim as Nadler. Whether that stands for something, or that was the name of the family, and not clear. I've read different accounts, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or Nadler stands for something, uh, I, I, you know, one or the other. Yeah, what we None of us know it worked that way. We had, uh, I have a whole behind, I have a whole safe with all those children. Even the Russian Kola, we, we thought it meant license. License? We thought, we, we figured from context it meant, no, but you're saying it's a, it makes, no, it makes more sense shaking, but it's a tax collection franchise. Arenda. Arenda. Arenda, he's talking about something else. Arenda, Arenda means a, a franchise. A tax collecting Anything, any type, an Arenda, means that you it could be a franchise for owning a bar for leasing a, a, an establishment he's talking about the nadler no 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 i know yeah no no I, so. my father told me about the tax collectors yeah it would be that he would come into the house he says how many children do you have and then he would count the beds <laughs> and he says there was the joke like come he says i have five children he says, i see 12 beds yeah. see we sleep two in a bed <laughs> <laughs> But my father had killed a shit until the war. It was called. That was the din. That was the law. What? How do we want to make the? This was in Hungary. Hungary. So in Hungary, the rabbanus was very strong. The country, the, the rabbanus were together. They had a list. And and they, and again, the, the, he was chamsayfer, not chassidish, right? He was in the chassidish. Uh, oh, but the other community, the, the Oberlander, had a very, very strong structure in terms of the Rav. The Rav was, everybody respected tremendously and had power. You know, the, the, the public sanctions were, were, were phenomenal power. So the Minahogi Ashkenaz, they, they, they migrated out of the Ashkenaz, or they seem to have been Polish creation? No idea. No, I don't know. No, there were Hasidic Ashkenaz was much. It was like a, 1100, 1100. It was a, those Hasidic Ashkenaz, like a bit of cousins, on was very early. Yeah. At any point, you're putting your money in. You can say the conditions under which you're putting your money. Okay. Huh? 